Hello everyone, my name is Josh. Welcome to the Revitalized Reading Podcast. Today I will be bringing you my second film review, this time covering Walden Media's The Giver, which was released in 2014. Just like last time, this whole episode is full of spoilers, not just for the movie, but the book as well. So if you want to watch it or read it yourself, I check this review out after the fact. The review starts now. The Giver was produced by Walden Media and released to theaters in August of 2014, and is rated PG-13. The movie had two screenwriters, Michael Mitnick, a younger writer who has worked on many plays and indie films, and Robert B. Wide, another experienced writer for films and TV shows. The director of The Giver is Philip Noyce, most known for directing the films Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, both featuring Harrison Ford. There are quite a few big-name actors that starred in The Giver, so I'll go over a few. Jeff Bridges, who plays The Giver in the film, is a critically acclaimed actor, known best for his roles in the Tron movies, The Big Lebowski, and Marvel Cinematic Universe's Iron Man. Brenton Thwaites, Jonas in the film, has also starred in Disney's Maleficent, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and the Christian film An Interview with God. Meryl Streep, probably the most famous actress in this film, is best known for her performances in The Deer Hunter, Adaptation, and Sophie's Choice. Some other noteworthy actors and actresses in the film include Katie Holmes, Alexander Skarsgård, Cameron Monaghan, and Taylor Swift. Now it is time for my general commentary, good and bad for The Giver. As I usually like to do, I start with the positives, and I, I really only have one, but I will give it my all for the one positive, and that is the world design and the visuals of The Giver. I think whoever was in charge of the overall world design and, and the atmosphere that we were given in the film did a really good job translating what was in the book, which in fairness really wasn't touched on in great detail as far as what the buildings look like and and what the community looked like in detail. We just know that it was very clean, it was very organized, and very symmetrical. Perfect is what they were really trying to convey in the film of really fitting this utopian, dystopian idea that the community is just everything you could hope it could be in terms of building design, landscaping, whatever the case might be that adds to that illusion of perfection. They did an amazing job translating that into this movie. So whoever was in charge of that, you have my respect because you were able to do one thing that that brought a positive to this film. So thank you, whoever or how many other people are involved. Thank you to those people. So, on from the positive now to the negative, which is what I will be speaking about for the rest of this particular section. First of all, the acting, despite there being a lot of big names like Jeff Bridges and Meryl Streep, wasn't that great. Now, I think that is absolutely in part to, absolutely in part because of the writing, which I will speak about separately. But even then, I felt that this was not 
the best performance by really any of these actors and actresses. It just didn't... (laughs) I don't know that they were particularly won over by the idea. And you can really tell for the advertising for the film, especially just even on its cover, how they were really kind of leaning into, hey, you should see this movie because Jeff Bridges and Meryl Streep are in it. And while obviously there are a lot of movies that use similar advertising strategies to get people to watch their movie and sometimes it works if that is your main selling point rather than the source material that's obviously a little problematic but yeah the acting just never impressed me it usually disappointed me the acting wasn't horrendous i i should absolutely clarify that It wasn't to the point where I was thinking, how do these people have jobs? It wasn't that bad, but it was also just an unfortunate realization of if I was to speak to these actors and actresses away from the cameras and ask them, what did you think about your performance in The Giver? I would imagine a lot of them would say, eh, not my best. Specifically, Jeff Bridges and, and Meryl Streep. Not their best work. Truth be told, if there was one actress that I could point out and say I think they probably did the best job was Jonas's mother, Katie Holmes. I think she did the best job, but in fairness to the others, she also had a relatively limited role and didn't speak that much. So she was given a lot less to work with, and I think that helped. But either way, I'll give credit to her for giving the most convincing and well-rounded performance, in my opinion. Another element that had me disappointed about the film was how rushed the story felt. There's so many different tiny elements and details and character building that goes on, and that's something that I I talked about a lot when I was reviewing uh, The Giver Quartet, specifically the first book, The Giver, is that Lois Lowry does a really good job at character building, at letting us know who the characters are and and having a good understanding, even relatively early on, what the characters are like. And that was not translated into the film really at all. We were rushed into some pretty significant moments, like the graduation ceremony for Jonas and, and Asher and Fiona. And that was like 20 minutes into the movie. And it really wasn't enough time for us to, A, really be that invested in in what's going on and really care about these particular characters. And B, it was just, it just felt like the directors and the producers were having a hard time understanding what they should and shouldn't include from the book into the film. And you can tell that maybe they had been arguing about it a lot and eventually came to a realization, we need to get this movie finished. So let's just go with what we can kind of compromise on and then hope for the best. (laughs) So long story short, it feels rushed. And that is not how the giver the book feels, at least until the ending. The ending is awful, but if you haven't already listened to my review of the giver, go listen to it so that you can understand why the ending was horrendous. So there's that element, that it felt rushed and that the acting was bad. So those are the two negatives. And another negative that I connected with the bad acting was the bad writing. 
you're not going to meet very many actors that can overcome a really bad script. I feel like that is a pretty small amount of actors and actresses that can truly rise above something really cruddy that they've been given in the terms of a script and, and still manage to save something. And in this instance, the writing for The Giver was just pretty bad. <laughs> it was, there was one particular instance, and the only way you'd be able to fully understand the context and maybe appreciate it is if you watched the film itself. But there was this one moment kind of towards the end of the movie, we're kind of at the climax, where Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep's character, which what well, doesn't even exist in the book necessarily, is speaking to the giver, Jeff Bridges, and is talking about the dangers of letting people have memories. She's like, okay, this is an interesting conversation. Maybe this will be good. And oh my, the script she was given. This is just one part that I remember that I wanted to bring out just because it's hilarious, but also perfectly demonstrated, at least to me, just how bad the script writing was. Because I still, after having had hours to think about it, along with my wife, talking to her about it, we have not been able to come to a conclusion as to what they were trying to say. So there was this one moment where Meryl Streep's character says to Jeff, Bridge, Jeff Bridges, or the giver, that uh, what, what's going to happen if people have their memories? They're going to be staring at each other's necks? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I... I don't even have an, a sufficient way to explain what I just said. And you're probably sitting there listening to this and thinking, what in the world? And I, it was the exact same experience for me watching the film. There were just plenty of moments where the script produced just absolute question marks, such as that. I'm like, how how did that come into existence? Who thought this was good? Who, who thought this was okay? How did this happen? What went wrong? What travesty was committed for this to be permitted to be heard by me and, and hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of other people? What, what did we deserve for that? So the writing is pretty bad. I, I, I think you can probably get the gist for that. And my last negative has to do with, funny enough, I, I mentioned how the story felt rushed, and that's true. And this might not make sense. Maybe it will. The story felt rushed while the movie at the, at the same time really dragged. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because The Giver was 90 minutes long, approximately. I think it was an hour and 37 minutes. I think that's roughly what it was. So 90 minutes. And it's not very often that a 90-minute film will just feel slow. And The Giver felt the slowest at the end. Which I think... In a lot of ways, I can't entirely fault the director and the production team for that because here's an unfortunate truth. The ending in the book is just as bad. And it also just leaves you just disinterested and, and drags out as much as the film does. And they actually changed a lot, I think, to maybe kind of rectify that and maybe kind of try to save the ending. And they couldn't do that either. It, it's one of those endings that... Truly, barring a literary masterclass, most people wouldn't be able to save it if they tried. And the film wasn't able to do that. But somehow, a 90-minute film dragged on for me. And that about halfway through, I just felt like I wanted it to end. <laughs> so that's not particularly good either. So that's my, that's my general commentary, the good and the bad, short recap. 
The good, decent world design, the visuals, great. The bad, the acting was meh, the story felt rushed, and the writing was really pretty bad for the most part, and the movie somehow, even though it was 90 minutes, managed to drag. Now we have arrived at the first score for the film, Adherence to the Book. This one is a doozy. (laughs) There aren't a ton of huge differences between the book and movie, but there are a few. Uh, First, Jonas, Asher, and Fiona all look way too old. They're supposed to be 12 to 13 years old, but they don't look like that at all. Secondly, Gabriel is hinted to be a natural receiver as well when the book suggests anyone could receive memory, but not everyone can give memories. So that was an unfortunate, pretty large difference. It would be more accurate to say the movie is based on the book, not a very accurate representation of it. There were many, many smaller differences or invented elements that usually didn't do the movie any service either. So because of all that I just mentioned, I give the the giver a 4 out of 10 for adherence to the book. Because of the reasons I mentioned in my earlier general commentary, I think the giver deserves the overall score of 5 out of 10. While the movie isn't horrible, it's far from good. The viewing experience wasn't particularly pleasant, but it also wasn't an atrocious waste of time. (laughs) This movie is the epitome of the word subpar. The critics did not enjoy this movie any more than I did, with most feeling the visuals were impressive, but the story and acting greatly disappointing. Many complained the deeper themes and story elements weren't shown or were poorly portrayed, which I concur wholeheartedly with. Surprisingly, viewers on Amazon had significantly better reviews for the movie. The film has 4.6 out of 5 stars on Amazon Prime, with over 10,000 reviews as of this recording. If you are interested in seeing the film yourself, it is available for free on Fubo TV, Showtime, and Amazon Prime if you also have a Showtime subscription. Once again, just at the time of recording. We've made it through most of the review, but the really important question remains. Do I suggest the film? Simply put, just read the book. I I don't suggest the movie, and I, I don't think, personally, it's worth it. I don't think it's worth the time, and I don't think it's worth the money if you have to rent it. The Giver came out along with, generally in the same time frame, with other dystopian slash sci-fi teen novel movies in the 2010s, namely the Hunger Games series and the Divergent series films were all coming out at about the same time. And while those all had varying degrees of success, I am in no way, shape, or form surprised that The Giver did the worst among them all, which to a certain degree I think is a shame that The Giver, the book, I think is actually pretty decent, and I would absolutely suggest that to you. If you're just looking for an enjoyable weekend read, nothing too heavy or intense that is kind of exciting and gets your imagination going, as I mentioned in my previous review for the book itself, 
I think the ending is horrendous, <laughs> but I think there's enough room in there for you to kind of interpret how it ends yourself. And I think that is the one redeeming quality of the ending. So that's why I still suggest the book. If there wasn't that kind of room where you can basically decide how how it ends, I wouldn't even suggest the book. But because that ending allows that room for you to interpret it as you will, I suggest the book. But the movie, I, I wouldn't touch with a 13-foot pole. I personally just don't think it's worth it. Obviously, you can take my opinion with a grain of salt. Maybe you enjoy watching terrible movies. That's kind of how my wife is. Maybe you take joy in watching things that are just kind of terrible and, and watching it with others so you can rip it apart from the comfort of your couch. I completely respect that. But if you're someone that really likes a good movie experience and and wants to be engaged and, and enjoy what you're seeing, <laughs> this, yeah, no, this is not, this is not that. It's not that. So as I said, take my opinion with a grain of salt. There are plenty of other reviews out there, I'm sure, for the giver if you are looking to maybe get some other opinions on the matter. But once again, I just don't suggest it. Read the book if you're interested. It's not a super huge read. If you're wanting to get a summer read out of the way or just something simple and maybe just kind of turn your brain off and enjoy a a, a dystopian sci-fi world, read the book. Before I close out the episode, I wanted to invite all of you, yes, you, to participate in a survey for the Revitalized Reading Podcast. The survey, which is linked in the notes below, asks questions about your listening experience and some basic information about you so I can better understand my audience and hopefully improve the podcast. It is completely anonymous and will only be viewed by me. So please, if you have the time, it will only take about five to seven minutes. Also, if you are a fan of the show and want to participate in surveys and polls regarding which books I read, join the social media links below. We have an awesome community that is growing, so don't miss out. Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Tune in again two weeks from now, February 3rd, for my Season 1 recap. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe out there. And as always, keep reading. Thank you.